The following podcast contains spoilers for King of New York. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another KFR News Radio episode. And this is your host, as always, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. A good day, sire. Uh, guten Tag. Guten Morgen, or guten Abend. Uh, guten. Gluten free, actually. <laughs> gluten free. How you doing? What is up, my guy? I'm doing yeah. not too bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with, with us being kind of uh, confined to our homes, uh, state order. Uh, did you watch any movies in the past week? Would you believe me if I told you I kind of went out of my way to see at least one movie this week? <laughs> at least one movie. Wow. <laughs> Bringing in those big numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what movie did you watch? So I actually had just watched it. Uh, I told you that I was kind of in a little bit of a craving for that Christopher Walken. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I decided I wanted to watch The Prophecy. Ooh. Which I believe we actually did end up talking about because that was the one I was in the mood for. The it first was, one or the... Uh, it was, I don't know if there's more than one or not. There is more than one. I've only seen the Prophecy 3. Oh, yeah. You, we, we, we did talk about that. Yeah, yes, we did talk about that. It was the first this. one. Uh, Christopher Walken is Gabriel the Angel. Yes. Prophecy and 3 is for good sure for what it is. But. The best part of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that all you watched? Uh, I watched that, obviously, and then, um, you know, we had, we watched uh, King of New York, which we'll get to eventually, and then you recommended one to me that we I both watched, say, and I'll let you get to that one. I was going to say, if you forgot this one, motherfucker, you're, mm-hmm. you're sorely oh, mistaken. There's no way forgetting that. So uh, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday night. I think it was Tuesday night. I watched I Lost My Body. Uh, it's a French animated film that was actually nominated for Best Picture and uh, it's on Netflix, and as soon as I finished watching it, I told Glenn to watch it as soon as possible because it's fucking great. It's it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. Like, while I was watching it, I was like, how did Toy Story 4 beat this? And the only explanation is what I knew all along. Anyone that votes for the Academy Awards has only watched Disney animated movies, Um, which is bullshit, if you ask me. But... It is what it is. I Lost My Body is fantastic. Everyone should watch it. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, but it's essentially about a hand, a severed hand that's looking for its body. And it sounds weird because it is weird, but it's beautiful. You're not wrong. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really kind of like dwelled into the, like, there was a specific, very specific part where it kind of like dwelled into like phantom limb kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. I was like, oh. Oh man, that's amazing! But the yeah. whole thing, and there's a poor pigeon, and now I'm sad thinking about it again. <laughs> that and poor pigeon, <laughs> a poor pigeon. That was honestly like, I wasn't too sure about the movie at that part, but then it, it grew on me. Oh yeah, um, um, yeah. You had like recommended that to me, and funny enough, I it was like four in the morning. Not even well, not four in the morning, but it was it was really late at night when I watched it. Um. And you recommended it to me, and I'm the one who watched it in French, and you watched it in English. Well, yeah, the main reason I watched it in English is because I saw that Dev Patel was the uh, the main character in the English dubbed version, uh, and I really like Dev Patel. Um, 
because he is the best person to play depressed but not pitiful mm-hmm. uh, in my mind. And he's great. And also I had Aaliyah Shawkat and also uh, George Went, who plays Norm in Cheers. Um, so it was all, I was all for that. Uh, but then I also watched a movie called Lords of Chaos, which is about the early days of the black Norwegian black metal band Mayhem. Oh wow! And all of the controversy about uh, their main their their first lead singer killing himself and the one guy taking pictures of it to kind of promote the band is kind of fucked up. Um, the movie's okay. It's it's a fine movie. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than you think it would it, be. I mean, it sounds like it would be a little bit. Yeah, but like it's 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 hard to like I, I really did like it, but it was I feel like there's just something missing and I'm like I can't quite put my finger on what was missing from it to make it like a really great movie. Um but yeah, uh, if anyone, especially if you like metal, you should check out Lords of Chaos. Be aware that members of Mayhem were indeed white supremacists and Nazi sympathizers. So enjoy at your own risk, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> enjoy at your own risk. Go in there knowing full fully that these people weren't the best people. Um, and just for the sake of the movie, it does kind of make them sympathetic in a way. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a decent movie. Uh, Especially if you like black metal. I'm not a huge fan of black metal. It's the worst kind of metal in my opinion. But Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, everyone everyone's got their own thing, so it's whatever. Uh then I watched They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper, directed by John Carpenter. Uh everyone has seen at least memes of this movie where like this super eighties looking guy, played by Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh mm-hmm. puts on sunglasses and sees Aliens? Exoskeleton? I don't know what exactly they're supposed to be. They're like aliens or robots that have taken over. Is that what it's about? Human, yeah, human bodies. Uh, and he has sunglasses that lets him see how all of the advertisements and things are actually like subliminal messagings. It's very ham-fisted. There's not anything subtle about anything in the entire movie, um, which kind of makes it great. Uh, but... uh yeah, it's it's a fine movie. It's not fantastic. It's a cheesy '80s action movie, and uh, yeah, you should watch it just for that at least. So, was this like a coworker recommended, or was this just like one that? This is one kinda... I've wanted to see for a while, just because I've seen it memed so much. Yeah. Um, one specific and, line, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's kind of halfway because my one of my coworkers, uh, Andrew Feemster, as we call him, the Feemmeister. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever called him that, but that's his name now. Nobody just called him uh, memes. And he's not going to listen to this, so. Um, but he he was talking about how he watches it anytime it's on TV. Apparently, it's on TV a lot, but I've never seen it on TV ever. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have I. I don't know what channels he's got, but. Uh, uh, and then the last one I watched, I watched this morning. It's called The Gold Finch. Uh, it's based on a book. Oh, is that with uh, Ansel Elgort? Uh, I almost said his name Oaks backwards. Fegley. Elgort uh, Ansel. O- Onorin, Bernard, Finn Wolfhard, Sarah Paulson, Luke Wilson, Jeffrey Wright, Nicole Kidman. Uh, it's essentially about this kid whose mom dies in a... I, they never go into detail about it, which I kind of liked because it doesn't make it political, but it's like a there's a bombing in a 
art museum that his mom dies in, and it's just kind of the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine. I feel like it could have been a lot better. I hear the book is fantastic, and the movie does not do it justice. Uh, it got shredded apart by critics who I'm assuming most critics, when they see a movie based on a book, they read the book just to kind of have something to compare it to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't recommend it really, but it's not as bad as some reviews make it seem. Um, but yeah, that's all I saw for this week other than uh, King of New York, of course, which we're going to get into in just a bit. But let's hop into some movie news. You don't have anything, right, Glenn? No, I don't really. Okay. Since, since all the coronavirus, there hasn't really been too much being sprung upon us. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to like bring up every single movie that's pushed back by the coronavirus. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot, um, especially now that things are becoming more clear at how long this whole thing might actually take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one I felt was, it's not a movie per se, but it's a, uh, I, the Cannes Film Festival has been postponed um, because of the coronavirus. Um, it, it usually takes place in like the, between, like this year is going to be May 12th and May 23rd, um, but it's been postponed. This is the first time it's been canceled or postponed since 1968. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's been a long time where nothing ever affected the uh, the schedule for Cannes Film Festival. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see if that ever if that turns into a full on cancellation. Uh, it's a good thing I didn't submit my movie to Cannes because mm-hmm. I would have just been out of that money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh yeah, that's that's a thing that happened. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to discuss uh, I just like this headline, Bong Joon-ho. You know we can't stop talking about Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho wants to make a musical. I mean, I think I'd be down to watch that. I'd definitely be down to watch <laughs> that. And and the thing I love about it, he was talking about it, and he, he wants to make a musical where at least once, I'm sure he would make it work if it could be happen multiple times, people would just start singing and like halfway through the song just be like, this is so cheesy, and then just stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh like it it would be a very meta musical apparently. Um which I would love for yeah, him I'd be to down do. for that for sure. Yeah, same here. So I, I think you know, if anyone can pull that kind of thing off, it's Bong Joon Ho. Uh I'm super stoked to see if he, he does do that. But, you know, it's just right now it's just what he wants to do. It doesn't mean he'll necessarily do it. But I would yeah. love if he if he made a musical. Um Do what you that want, Bong Joon Ho. Do what you want. Yeah, do do it, Bong Joon Ho. That does it for news. So I guess we're just gonna jump right on into the review for King of New York. Frank White is a free man. How come you never came to see me? Who wanted to see you in a cage, man? He served his time. What can we expect from the reformed Frank White? I want to be mayor. He paid his debt. Go someplace where you can stay out of trouble. But some things don't change. From here on, nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. You're waiting years for this. I know what you're up to, White. Forget it. I'm going to make you and your friends disappear long before that. Are you arresting me? Frank's Park Avenue attorney can get him out in 10 minutes. 10 minutes later! 
feel no remorse. I got a quarter million dollar contract on anyone involved in this case. The cops tried to stop him their way. I'm not your problem. I'm just the businessman. Now they'll have to do it his way. There's only one way to get Frank. <laughs> Christopher Walken, King of New York. You expected to get away with killing all these people? I never killed anybody that didn't deserve it. All righty then. All right. King of New York, made in 1990. Uh, directed by uh, Abel Ferreira, written by uh, Nicholas St. John, starring Christopher Walken, David Caruso, Lawrence Fishburne, and so many, many other names in this movie that I Steve did not Shelley. expect. At all, Steve Buscemi, Wesley, yeah, Wesley Snipes. There's, dude, there was so many people in here. Yeah, that uh, that I just did not expect. What's his name from uh, NCIS or whatever? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I forget his name, but uh, yeah. Um, Well, anyway, King of New York is about a drug kingpin, uh, him being released from prison and seeks to take a total, total control of a criminal underworld in order to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, you know, he's like Scrooge. Yeah. A Christopher fucking Scrooge. <laughs> hey. 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 The ghost hey. of hey. Christmas past. Hey, give me your cocaine. <laughs> I want to put it into a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Abel Ferreira at all? I am not, to be honest. The only thing I know him from is uh, he was on the Conan show in the 90s being interviewed for one of his movies. And he was just complete asshole about everything. And really? I, yeah, I, I hate it when people are assholes about when they're on talk shows. Like, you don't have to do the talk show. Mm-hmm. I know that it was probably your publicist's idea or your manager's idea, but you can ultimately say no. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not a huge deal. And then they, they go on and like, they're like, oh, I'm too cool for this shit. Oh, you know, you I'm so much have better. Any than one of the stars in the movie talk about the movie itself, too. Yeah, but, exactly. But they know. had Abel Ferreira go on, who obviously didn't want to be there. And he's just a. I, I, I can't. Like, I don't like talk shows either, but like. Don't go but there. But he was clearly just, you know, not yeah, about it like, at all. Like, these, these, the, the, the people who host talk shows have a job to do. They're not doing it because you know it's their favorite thing to do uh unless you're jimmy fallon i'm sure that's jimmy fallon's favorite thing to do but uh (laughs) i i feel like they would if it wasn't for the job security be doing something else you know the the job security in my mind is really the only perk for running a talk show anyway that's enough about how he acted on the talk show let's talk about the movie um what do you think so about the movie you know um I mean, for the most part, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I wouldn't say I loved it per se. Mm-hmm. I think definitely the best part of it was Christopher Walken um, and the fact that every character in the movie was surrounded by some sort of beautiful woman, whether in the background or foreground. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was going to say Lawrence Fishburne was the best part. Yeah, that's true too. Um, n- not that Christopher Walken was bad, but Lawrence Fishburne stole the show in my mind. Yeah. Um, he was granted some scenes he was chewing scenery and Christopher Walken was more subdued. Uh, but you know, Lawrence Fishburne was my favorite character in the entire movie. I thought he, he was very compelling. He um, also had the work most to work with in this movie. Oh yeah. Definitely. Which is huge. Yeah. Considering most, uh, 
didn't really have that much to work with. Oh yeah, I mean he he had Lawrence Fishburne definitely had the most fun scenes. Like mm-hmm. even Christopher Walken, most of his scenes were just like sitting and talking to people. Uh, a few was just him standing and intimidating people. Yeah. But Lawrence Fishburne, his character was supposed to be like certifiably insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he really ran for it. Like he, there's the one scene where he's <laughs> he's getting, I guess, just like fried chicken for a bunch of people, and he has no patience. Yeah. For it at all, he orders it and then immediately goes, "Yo, what's the story on that chicken?" <laughs> well, well, that that scene's funny because he walks in and the 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 clerk is automatically, "Yo, man, what do you want?" Just like yeah. already, and it, it already ticks him off. Yeah, I mean, like, I I took that as that he that guy Lawrence Fishburne has been there before and that guy knows what's up. Yeah, so he's just kind of done with his shit already. But yeah, I I saw the the clerk automatically was just like, "Yo, what do you want?" And just yeah. like already pissed him off, and then like he. <laughs> He basically runs down the whole menu and orders almost everything. Yeah. And then, like, the, the clerk yells at these kids for just kind of standing around these games. And then Lawrence Fishburne is getting even more pissed off. He's like, yo, why are you yelling at these kids, man? Yeah. Gives them a bunch of money to go play. And then as soon as he gives them money, he's like, is my phone done yet? And it was yeah. not even, like, 30 seconds later. Yeah, and he, he ordered $56 in 1990 yep. dollars, not today mm-hmm. dollars. 1990 dollars, $56 of food. Um, it would have at least been like a hundred bucks. All that yeah, stuff he ordered. Yeah, and, and I, I like that scene because it shows that Lawrence Fishburne's character kind of has a heart. You know, he yeah. he's, he's got a soft spot for kids. Um, but it, it, I just thought it was funny how impatient he was, and he's always talking about root beer or birch beer. Mm-hmm. Um, which he I like his I, soda. Yeah, I, I like that they mentioned birch beer because that's not as popular as I think it should be. But birch beer is like the best yeah, soda delicioso yeah which uh apparently it's only like a northeast thing even even the guy in the, really? that he asked for the birch beer he's like what's birch beer and he's like it's like root beer but better <laughs> oh no i remember um, that now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so that just stood out to me because I, th- I up until then i thought birch beer was just a pennsylvania thing yeah um and then i found out that, through research after that because i research weird things when watching movies <laughs> that it's uh generally the northeast but uh but yeah he definitely he definitely you're right you're definitely right there he stole the show more than christopher walken but walken's like this you, you kind of have to like look at him no matter oh, yeah. what he's in but yeah. for sure uh fishburn was just he had so much to work with in his scenes just the scenarios he was in that he mm-hmm. stood out for sure yeah and even on even his characters like i would i guess i could say departure was just even it stood out just as well yeah that that was a fantastic scene um of course we're talking about the final scene, well, it's not the final scene. I thought it was the final scene when it was happening because it felt like a climax. Yeah. In fact, it felt like the final chase in Mean Streets, uh, if you remember that, where like uh, Robert De Niro is like, mm-hmm. screaming his head off. He's been in Mean Streets, he was shot, so that's why he was screaming his head off. Yeah. But in th- this, it's just because Lawrence Fishburne's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and it was wonderful. And, and I, I really liked that. Um, but I, I, one thing I really liked about this, and this is just because it's a product of the 90s, uh, mainly in the beginning, but it's also like spread out throughout. Everyone's dressed like a Beastie Boys music video is happening. <laughs> and for sure. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. I, I thought I was just expecting for uh, um, the Beastie Boys to pop <laughs> Christopher out. Christopher Walken even had a little dance number, I think, once or twice in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah, worked he did. out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It really could have um, been if you chop it correctly. Yeah. And uh, what do you think of Wesley Snipes? I what's funny about this is that I saw a comment saying that uh, 
and like I not quoting this perfectly obviously but it's really funny to see a, a movie with Lawrence Fishburne being a crazy crazy like gangster and Wesley Snipes being a serious cop it's just <laughs> it threw me for a whirl <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh I normally don't care for Wesley Snipes I don't think he's bad no um I, I, I think have you he's... seen uh white men can't jump or can't jump He's, a he's, long time ago on TV. He's um, really good in that, and yeah. I think that's really his kind of best performance other than, like, Blade. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I don't really mind him. Um, I thought he was pretty good in this. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, in... in uh, it just it falls under the category where he... They don't give these characters much to work with yeah. to, in order to be, like, standing, standing out or just inspiring to look at. <laughs> yeah. Um... Also, if you haven't seen Dolomite Is My Name, Wesley Snipes is great in that, too. Uh, the whole cast in Dolomite Is My Name is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you confused a little bit about what was happening? Like, every, things just happened so quickly. It was hard for me to keep track of what exactly the plot was. Like, I understood that, you know, Christopher Walken had more of a code than a lot of the, the um, gangsters yeah. that he was kind of taking out did. But I didn't really see what the end game was for the most part. I so I think, the, I yeah like I'm trying to form the words. I did write a review on Letterbox for this before we even started. <laughs> um, that even though this movie was what one one forty five, yeah one forty three actually it was an hour and forty three minutes. It still felt like it was rushed especially the first like 50 minutes they didn't really utilize the runtime to make any good character developments to like make a clear like perspective of what's going on they just made like right in the beginning the first 50 minutes they bring all these characters out and they're like oh this guy's this guy this guy's this guy he's got all these connections these guys are coming for these guys next and i think what it really was was uh christopher walken after like being in jail for so long came out and was like i'm going to try to make this a better place instead of like uh being just some sort of drug kingpin he's kind of trying to give back to his community in ways Mm -hmm. like he's trying to re not rebuild this hospital but like keep it going that it shouldn't be shut down and stuff like this so what he was trying to do with his time was be better than he was but also still be kind of a drug kingpin yeah, like he was trying to have the best of both worlds, really. But everybody was out for his neck because they, which, I mean, correctly assuming, they think he's going to be the same as he was before he even went in. Um, And they didn't even give him a chance. They're like, yo, this dude's got no friends. This guy is bad news, and we got to take him out. And so everybody between gangs, cops, everything, they were all after his neck, and he did not want any part of that. So he kind of just started murking everybody, <laughs> him and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Uh, just reading a, a few trivia points here. Apparently, many the first screening in the New York Film Festival that this was in, uh, many audience members, including Ferreira's wife, walked out of the theater. And then a during a question and answer, uh, or um, the next day, I guess it was the second showing of the on the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Nicholas St. John were actually booed off the stage. Jesus. Um, so it was not well received in the New York Film Festival. Um, and I could see why. It's kind of... Did, did you also have, like, audio issues at all? 
not, not like not noticed. like anything bad just like the levels or oh yeah i mean it, it did it did seem i don't want to say amateurish but not as up yeah. to snuff uh as as it should be um I, I this was more or less a independent film from what i understand oh uh, yeah um, well, from, 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 i don't know if it's just amazon but it seems to be like quieter than any other movie app or something like that it's i don't possible. know i don't know why you you could but, also check to see if you can change the yeah. uh the audio settings but uh even when I put yeah. subtitles on, it was hard to understand anybody, and like there was so much either background noise or anything else mm-hmm. happening like that. And where I could I could see um, why people would boot. I don't think it was that bad, but I don't think it was that great either. To be people, fair, people in certain film festivals tend to be snootier. Like booing in Cannes is a normal thing, which yeah. I I fucking hate. Uh, I didn't know that it was a thing in. It's, it might not be. It might have just been this movie, but in the New York Film Festival. Um, yeah. I, I personally think, like, if you don't like a movie, just walk out. I think that's a fine example of showing you didn't like a movie, but, like, mm-hmm. booing is just ridiculous. Like, it's not a sporting event. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's literally, like, people's kind of lives, if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and while I didn't love this movie, uh, clearly... It's gotten better reviews since the mm-hmm. New York Film Festival. Like it's a seven point oh on IMDb, sixty six Metacritic. Uh, I'm sure it's somewhere in the halfway ish region for Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, I think overall I didn't hate it. I didn't love it though either. It it definitely it, it fixed my my fever. For Christopher Walken a little bit. I mean, he was really cool in it. Like I said, him and Lawrence Fishburne are both kind of like forces, whatever movie they're in, that you kind of have to pay attention to them yeah. just out of curiosity my how biggest, they perform. My, the last thing I have to say, and this is my biggest complaint, mm-hmm. not enough Steve Buscemi. That's true. He's like in the first two or three scene, scenes even, and then disappears. He even got a credit and then never existed again. Yeah, so it must have been like a favor or something. Um yeah, I, feel, I I made a quote in the Letterbox review that I, f- I feel like kind of and like made it nice for me, like to put mm-hmm. it into actual words. Uh, I feel like this movie had a really big picture going for it, but it was encapsulated in a frame that was too small for what it wanted to do. Yeah, I could see that. For sure. Definitely. They didn't just utilize the time that they had and stuff like that. And it mm-hmm. could have been really good if maybe some recastings and like re-scripting... <laughs> Or rewriting, I should say, but well, other than that, it is what it is. It is what it is. So that should bring us to the judgment, mm-hmm. Glenn. As this was your choice, uh, it is your pick for, right. or your your turn to go first for the judgment. All right. Well, as as much as I didn't hate the time, I also you know could have probably done better things in my life. So I will sadly have to say that this will not be a shelf boy. Yeah, I would I would agree. It, it's not a bad movie, um, but uh, you know there are definitely better movies that you could spend an hour forty three minutes watching. Yeah. Um, and I can't really say I'd recommend it. Like if you can watch the last, like, because there's not much character development. If you can watch the last like thirty forty five minutes, do that. Don't mm-hmm. the first hour is really kind of pointless, uh, with the exception of I believe the fast food 
scene does take place there. But that's just kind of funny seeing Lawrence Fishburne be uh, impatient about his chicken. Yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of Lawrence Fishburne and the chicken, when uh, Wesley Snipes is looking for Lawrence Fishburne, it, I, it just it was really funny that he's like, you, you old, you old chicken eater. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then like thinking that that would just be a scene. Funnily enough, uh, Lawrence Fishburne comes back. He's like, like shoots him in the back. He's like, I thought you had some chicken. Where is it at? <laughs> I thought that scene was actually really funny. Yeah, there are definitely high part points of it, but not enough yeah. to make it a shelf boy. Uh, so, King of New York does not make it onto the KFR shelf because it was not. It was a unanimously no, but it wasn't even a like a one. It wasn't a split vote. It wasn't even a split vote. It was just no. Nope. Big old no. So that brings us to plugs. Glenjamin Button, what is your plug for this week? Um, I originally had a. And sorry, I was doing a lot of clicking here because I wanted to look it up. Um, I, I originally was going to do a, a video on YouTube, but I feel like it's more important that I talk about this. We were talking mm-hmm. about how uh, the director of King of New York w- really was really shitty on uh, uh, one of the one of those talk shows. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've been listening to a talk show like a lot the last like three weeks, and that's uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Ooh. And he has celebrity guests or just really just guests, period, come on to his podcast and they just kind of just shoot the shit for like an hour. Yeah. And it's really cool and it's really kind of heartwarming because they all talk about their careers and Conan's talking about like how much how much he loves the job but also how stressing it is and like he's just really real about it mm-hmm. as to obviously where he can't be on, on the show itself. Yeah. It's just like it's so stressful but I honestly, I love it but I also hate it. And yeah. it, it really shows the toll that it takes on these guys like Definitely. like Conan and just Jimmy Fallon just laughs all the time. So I I probably <laughs> I probably couldn't listen to Jimmy Fallon's podcast because he'd yeah. just be laughing for 40 minutes. So what's that called? Conan O'Brien uh, needs Conan a friend. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It seems to almost be on every platform. Yeah, so, I'm sure it is. It's it's a I mean, it's Conan O'Brien. He's a big name. So. Yeah. So I um, highly, highly recommend that. He's really great interviewing. Obviously, he's been doing it for years and he's got really great guests. For short, and if you really want a specific episode, uh, Jeff Goldblum was a really interesting episode. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's always an interesting. He episode. He was just kind of moaning in the <laughs> mic a lot. He's just like, mm, "Well, Conan, mm, well, um, Conan, mm, <laughs> yes." <laughs> Sounds exactly right. I am not from Armenia. What's I am that? Armenian, but I was born in this country. I thought you were born in Armenia and you came here. No. Yes, you did. No, that's something you made up. I think you floated here in a basket. What? Remember? Your father was being attacked by goats. You were a baby. Okay. He made a basket out of twigs. All right. To save your life, he floated you away, and you floated from the island of Armenia. It's not an island. And then you landed in California, and you learned to speak English by watching old episodes of Dynasty. No, that's not even possible. Okay. Also, that's impossible for someone to float here in a basket. Tell that to Moses. Okay. Uh, My plug for this week, as you know... A lot of currently in theater movies are being streamed on certain platforms. Uh, one of my favorite art house theaters, um, the uh, the Ambler Theater in Ambler, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. is actually screening a couple foreign movies and independent movies um, on their website. So if you go to amblertheater.org, you can purchase a screening I think you get it for 24 or 48 hours for only $12 a ticket or a, a, a uh, screen or, it's actually you, awesome. you know, 
access, whereas like the bigger movies are, are twenty dollars. So uh, yeah. this this is a little more reasonable. And you are also not only are you supporting a small independent theater uh, that you know hosts mm-hmm. great programs, but you're also supporting independent and foreign films that I feel like are probably hurting more than bigger films right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, right now they're showing uh, a Polish movie called Corpus Christi. It was actually nominated along with Parasite for Best Foreign Language Film um, or International Film, I think is what it's called now. Uh, then there's St. Francis, which is from uh, the USA. Uh, and then Bacurau, which is a Brazilian film. Bacurau? Bacurau? Uh, Bacurau but, uh, sounds yeah, right. Those three are all on amblertheater.org. You can purchase a screening of it for $12. Oh, wow. Yeah. Highly recommend that, considering yeah. that we can't really go out, sadly. Yeah, exactly. So Conan O'Brien needs a friend, and the Ambler Theater streaming those three movies right now. And I believe they're going to change them, especially if this goes on as long as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll probably change them at some point. So that brings us to our next week's movie. Uh, this will be the second time we do this uh, every third movie we watch is going to be picked by Netflix Roulette. Uh, last time I picked The Forest. Hopefully this time it picked something a little bit better. Uh, but there's this thing called realgood.com. They have Netflix Roulette. It will pick a random Netflix movie for you, and that is what we'll watch. So, Glenn, are you ready? Well, as uh, Heath Ledger once said, uh, and here we Here we go. go. And uh, just to go over the rules, I can veto once you can veto once mm-hmm. and uh, two videos tops one of each and then we have to do the third one if we don't pick that one so spinning the first time oh no you know it's a really good start when mike just screams uh, oh no uh spider-man three <laughs> i mean I'm not upset with it. Oh, God. I, I, I assume you've seen it, right? Yeah, with uh, Topher? Yes. Yeah. I have not seen all of it. I've seen enough of it because I was oh, working at a movie theater then. when it came out. And I'm not going to veto it just because I feel like that is too predictable for me to veto it. So unless you're going to veto it, uh, we're well, watching. Let, let's, let's see what the competition is. But I'm, I'm all for Spider-Man 3 right okay. now. So... Nope, click the wrong thing. Uh, okay, spinning again. Right now it's Spider-Man 3. A Bollywood movie called Special 26. All I heard was Spider-Man 3. All right, <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> but we're going to watch Spider-Man 3. Uh, so uh, you you read the synopsis, I'll read the, uh, the cast. All right. Give me one sec. Let me look it up. Sure. <laughs> Oh, what a daydream. This is amazing. (laughs) I'm so sad. Spider-Man 3 from 2007. A strange black entity from another world bonds with Peter Parker and causes inner turmoil as he contends with new villains, temptations, and revenge. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Directed by Sam Raimi. uh, Written by Sam Raimi. Ivan Raimi. Alvin Sargent, based on the Marvel comic book by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. It stars Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Thomas Hayden Church, and Topher Grace. Oh, and J.K. Simmons, of course. Um, I am not exaggerating when I say 
I hope I die before I have to watch this movie. <laughs> but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything to make that happen. We're just going to see how how life takes me. Come on, Corona. <sighs> get the Michael. <laughs> I'm not going to die from Corona, though. I'm too no, young and, no. and handsome. Damn you with your health <laughs> and luxurious body. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Our plugs for this week are Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and the uh, screening movies on ambluetheater.org. Our next week's assignment is Spider-Man 3. As always, you can follow our website, keystonefilmreview.com. Instagram, we are keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, we are keystone underscore film. Facebook, we are keystone film review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And as sad as Mike sounds, I am Glenn KFR. (laughs) And that will do it, assuming that I don't die from boredom. (laughs) <laughs> or anger from this movie. Who knows? I might like it. I'm going to try to be optimistic. I was going to say, it's not as bad as I think you think it is. It's more It's more fun to make fun of. Uh, okay. If I go in with that, I might like it. Yeah. But, you know, Spider-Man 2 is great. I used to like superhero movies, and then things happened. Yeah, go into it already knowing you're going to make fun of it. Okay, okay. Well, I'll do that in a... We'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.